our 18th installment of Baptists You Should Know, and today we're going to talk about Abraham. No, not from Genesis chapter 12, but Abraham Marshall, um, born April 23rd, 1748, and again, uh, think of the timing of that, uh, 1748, as he's growing up, the country is in much of its foundational stages of the 1770s with the Revolutionary War and, and all those things. So God gave us some wonderful men to season this land with salt uh, leading up to the Revolutionary War. And we must not discount their influence on the principles that undergird the founding of this country. He died August 15, 1819 at the age of 72 after a 50-year ministry. So let me tell you a little bit about Abraham Marshall. He was the son of Daniel and Martha Marshall. And hopefully Daniel Marshall, that name should ring a bell. He was the man who tag-teamed with Shubal Stearns uh, uh, in, among other things, being the powerful, uh, bringing the powerful gospel to bear on one area that George Whitfield noted that he found little success. So again, George Whitfield came, you know, thousands were being saved, but he noted that he found little success in North Carolina and, and among, it was one of the places that Shubal Stearns and Daniel Marshall were able to find some success there. But while Daniel Marshall was known for his great work ethic and tenacity, uh, his tirelessness in the work of the Lord, um, he was not known for his speaking ability. Uh, It's not that people wouldn't say that he spoke well. It's that a lot of people say he didn't speak very well. Abraham, his son, on the other hand, was noted for uh, powerful eloquence, especially in the area of description, even though he didn't have much of a uh, a formal classical education. One biographer said he would portray the glories of heaven with such matchless force and breadth that his hearers could scarcely remain on their seats and he would depict the miseries of the lost in such terrible burning language as almost to make the hair stand erect upon your head. He was saved in 1770 and baptized in the Savannah River and ordained in 1775. Shortly after his ordination, he took a six-month preaching tour. And these tours were actually quite powerful. On one such tour in 1786 that lasted from May 10 to November 17, he rode approximately 3,000 miles. Now, it sounds like, you know, Mr. Ramus, you know, traveling around, you know, promoting the college here or something. Yeah, I drove 3,000. Well, this is on horseback. Rode approximately 3,000 miles through 11 states, preaching at least 197 times. Hundreds were saved. Not since the days of Whitfield were men compelled to hear a man preach. One historian said, Abraham Marshall uh, Marshall preached to between 40,000 and 50,000 on his journey to and from New England. Not only did he preach to large numbers, but he graciously enjoyed speaking to small clusters of saints and sinners as well. His diary speaks of times where he, there was some anguish. He would go to a place and really asked the Holy Spirit to do a work. And if it seemed like he had little liberty in an area that really sincerely bothered him, he he enjoyed seeing what the Holy Spirit could do his work, what that would be for people. Uh, 
He also spoke uh, glowingly of his Savior and revealed a humility of character when estimating his own worthiness. No man founded more churches in Georgia than he. Uh, One of those churches had a historian, the First Baptist Church of Augusta, and described him riding up and down the streets of Augusta on his old white horse, his saddlebags packed with New Testaments and tracts, which he freely distributed. It made me think of some of the bus workers' cars, you know, the glove compartments and doors stuffed with tracts and things to hand out to people. And there he was on his horse, an uh, early, early bus worker on his horse there with his tracts and New Testament. Uh, he would distribute them and invite people to come and hear the gospel preached at the courthouse. Um, they talked about groups of young people that would say, hey, let's, let's go get some entertainment and see what's going on down there. They would go for the entertainment But after hearing him preach, they were compelled to stay and to pray. One of his greatest personal triumphs was the winning of his cousin, Eliakim, to Baptist principles. Eliakim had been a preacher for 30 years, but had taught infant baptism. After spending some time in the scriptures with Abraham, he was convinced that the Bible doesn't teach infant baptism. So uh, not long after that, the two of them went to a nearby river and Abraham preached a a message on Bible baptism and Eliakim was immersed. When his dad died, he took over the Kiyoki Baptist Church and after eight years as a bachelor pastor, decided it was time to go out in search of a life partner. So he began praying for a good horse. so that he could use the horse to go find a, a wife. Um, it was funny. That, that's how it read in the, in the book I was reading, so I thought I would share it with you. Um, we are not sure what brought him there, but he stopped at the house of John Waller, the famed separatist Baptist preacher in Spotsylvania, Virginia, where he met Miss Ann Waller, and soon after they were married. He was 44, she was 31, and the book said, She was apparently of the same hardy stock Abraham was because they set off on a horseback honeymoon that covered approximately 550 miles. So I thought, uh, Maria, I thought that'd be nice, you and and Jacob. Um, Abraham summarized it in this way. Having a river or creek to swim, horses loose, lying out of doors, rainy nights and dark nights, Rainy days and dark nights and ever and anon meeting with excellent friends until three months absence to a day found us home amid the tears, joys, and congratulations of friends on Big Kiyoki. (laughs) She was a tremendous blessing to her husband's ministry. They had four sons, of whom Jabez, uh, who would later take the church there at Kiyoki, Jabez described his mom years later. Though the whole of her life, uh, through, through the whole of her life, she was exemplarily, that was a tough word to practice, exemplar, exemplarily, I should have stopped, pious. Often, when her husband was traveling and preaching the glad tidings of great joy to perishing sinners, would she collect her little family at home, teach them and instruct them in the ways of truth. Often she would sing with them and collect them around her knees and supplicate the God in whom she had trusted to bless her rising family. So again, God gave us uh, good people. And again, like, like that verse in Esther, for such a time as, as they were there. And uh, uh, a tremendous help in uh, preaching those principles that we find 
in the foundation of our country. So we praise God for men like Abraham Marshall and uh, a good wife.